Section 52 of The Promulgation of Universal Peace, Volume 1. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Nicholas James Bridgewater. The Promulgation of Universal Peace, Volume 1, by Abdul Baha Abbas, Section 52. 4. July 5th, 1912, at 309 West 78th Street, New York. Notes by Emma C. Mellick and Howard McNutt. You are very welcome, very welcome, all of you. In the divine holy books, there are unmistakable prophecies giving the glad tidings of a certain day in which the promised one of all the books would appear a radiant dispensation be established the banner of the most great peace and conciliation be hoisted and the oneness of the world of humanity proclaimed among the various nations and people of the world no enmity or hatred should remain all hearts were to be connected one with another these things are recorded in the torah or old testament in the gospel the quran the zendavesta the books of buddha and the book of confucius in brief all the holy books contain these glad tidings they announce that after the world is surrounded by darkness radiance shall appear for just as the night when it becomes excessively dark precedes the dawn of a new day so likewise when the darkness of religious apathy and heedlessness overtakes the world when human souls become negligent of god when materialistic ideas overshadow spirituality when nations become submerged in the world of matter and forget god at such a time as this shall the divine sun shine forth and the radiant morn appear consider to what a remarkable extent the spirituality of people has been overcome by materialism so that spiritual susceptibility seems to have vanished divine civilization become decadent and guidance and knowledge of god no longer remain all are submerged in the sea of materialism although some attend churches and temples of worship and devotion it is in accordance with the traditions and imitations of their fathers and not for the investigation of reality for it is evident they have not found the reality and are not engaged in its adoration they are holding to certain imitations which have descended to them from their fathers and ancestors they have become accustomed to passing a certain length of time in temple worship and conforming to imitations and ceremonies the proof of this is that the son of every jewish father becomes a jew and not a christian the son of every Mohammedan becomes a follower of Islam. The son of every Christian proves to be a Christian. The son of every Zoroastrian is a Zoroastrian. 
etc etc therefore religious faith and belief is merely a remnant of blind imitations which have descended through fathers and ancestors because this man's father was a jew he considers himself a jew not that he has investigated the reality and proved satisfactorily to himself that judaism is right nay rather he is aware that his forefathers have followed this course therefore he has held to it himself the purpose of this is to explain that the darkness of imitations encompasses the world every nation is holding to its traditional religious forms the light of reality is obscured were these various nations to investigate the reality there is no doubt they would attain to it as reality is one all nations would then become as one nation so long as they adhere to various imitations and are deprived of the reality strife and warfare will continue and rancor and sedition prevail if they investigate the reality neither enmity nor rancor will remain and they will attain to the utmost concord among themselves during the years when the darkness of heedlessness was most intense in the orient and the people were so submerged in imitations that nations were thirsting for the blood of each other considering each other as contaminated and refusing to associate at such a time as this his holiness baha'u'llah appeared he arose in the orient uprooting the very foundations of imitations and brought the dawn of the light of reality through him various nations became united because all desired the reality inasmuch as they investigated the reality in religion they found that all men are the servants of god the posterity of adam children of one household and that the foundations of all the prophets are one for inasmuch as the teachings of the prophets are reality their foundations are one the enmity and strife of nations therefore are due to religious imitations and not the reality which underlies the teachings of the prophets through baha'u'llah the nations and peoples grew to understand and comprehend this therefore hearts became united and lives were cemented together after centuries of hatred and bitterness the christian jew zoroastrian mohammedan and buddhist met in fellowship all of them in the utmost love and unity they became welded and cemented because they had perceived the reality the divine prophets are conjoined in the perfect state of love each one has given the glad tidings of his successor's coming and each successor has sanctioned the one who preceded him they were in the utmost unity but their followers are in strife for instance moses gave the message of the glad tidings of christ and christ confirmed the prophethood of moses therefore between moses and jesus there is no variation or conflict they are in perfect unity 
but between the jew and the christian there is conflict now therefore if the christian and jewish peoples investigate the reality underlying their prophet's teachings they will become kind in their attitude toward each other and associate in the utmost love for reality is one and not dual or multiple if this investigation of the reality becomes universal the divergent nations will ratify all the divine prophets and confirm all the holy books no strife or rancor will then remain and the world will become united then will we associate in the reality of love we will become as fathers and sons as brothers and sisters living together in complete unity love and happiness for this century is the century of light it is not like former centuries former centuries were epochs of oppression now human intellects have developed and human intelligence has increased each soul is investigating the reality this is not a time when we shall wage war and be hostile toward each other we are living at a time when we should enjoy real friendship fifty years ago his holiness baha'u'llah sent epistles to all the kings and nations of the world at a time when there was no mention of international peace one of these epistles was sent by him to the president of the american democracy in these communications he summoned all to international peace and the oneness of the human world he summoned mankind to the fundamentals of the teachings of all the prophets some of the european kings were arrogant among them was napoleon bonaparte the third baha'u'llah wrote a second epistle to him which was published thirty years ago the context is this quote, o napoleon thou hast become haughty indeed thou hast become proud thou hast forgotten god thou dost imagine that this majesty is permanent for thee that this dominion is abiding for thee a letter have we sent unto thee for acceptance with thy greatest love but instead thou hast shown arrogance therefore god shall uproot the edifice of thy sovereignty thy country shall flee away from thee thou shalt find humiliation hastening after thee because thou didst not arise for that which was enjoined upon thee whereas that which was a duty incumbent upon thee was the cause of life to the world the punishment of god shall soon be dealt out to thee End quote. this epistle was revealed in the year eighteen sixty nine and after one year the foundations of the napoleonic sovereignty were completely uprooted among these epistles was a very lengthy one to the shah of persia it was printed and spread broadcast throughout all the countries 
This epistle was revealed in the year 1870. In it, Baha'u'llah admonished the Shah of Persia to be kind to all his subjects, summoning him to dispense justice, counseling him to make no distinction between the religions, charging him to deal equally with Jew, Christian, Mohammedan, and Zoroastrian, and remove the oppression prevailing in his country. At that time, the Jews were greatly oppressed in Persia. Baha'u'llah especially recommended justice for them, saying that all people are the servants of God, and in the eye of the government they should be equally estimated. Quote, if justice is not dealt out, if these oppressions are not removed, and if thou dost not obey God, the foundations of thy government will be raised, and thou shalt become evanescent, become as nothing. Thou shouldst gather all the learned men, and then summon me. There I shall be present. I will then advance proofs and evidences as to my validity. I will manifest my proof and anything that you may ask. I am ready. But if no attention is paid to this book, thou, like unto the kings who became non-existent, shalt likewise become non-existent. End quote. The Shah did not answer this epistle of the Blessed Perfection. Then God destroyed the foundations of his sovereignty. Among those to whom Baha'u'llah wrote was the Sultan of Turkey. In it he arraigned him, saying, quote, Verily, thou didst incarcerate and make me a prisoner. Dost thou imagine that imprisonment is a loss to me? that imprisonment is a humiliation for me this imprisonment is a glory for me because it is in the pathway of god i have not committed a crime it is for the sake of god that i have received this ordeal therefore i am very happy i am exceedingly joyous but thou must wait god will send thee a punishment thou shalt receive retribution ere long thou shalt observe how ordeals shall descend upon thee like rain and thou shalt become non-existent End quote. and even so it was likewise he sent messages to the other kings and crowned heads of the earth summoning all of them to love equity international peace and the oneness of humanity in order that mankind might become unified and agreed that strife warfare and sedition should pass away that bitterness and enmity might cease and all arise to serve the one god in brief two kings arose against baha'u'llah the shah of persia and the sultan of turkey they imprisoned his holiness in the fortress of akka in order to extinguish his light and exterminate his cause but baha'u'llah while in prison 
wrote severe letters of arraignment to them he declared that imprisonment was no obstacle to him he said quote, this imprisonment will prove to be the means of the promotion of my cause this imprisonment shall be the incentive for the spreading of my teachings no harm shall come to me because i have sacrificed my life i have sacrificed my blood i have sacrificed my possessions i have sacrificed all and for me this imprisonment is no loss end quote. and just as he declared so it came to pass in prison he hoisted his banner and his cause spread throughout the world it has reached america now the cause of baha'u'llah is extending to all nations of the earth you go to asia and wherever you travel you will find baha'is you go to africa europe there you will find the cause of baha'u'llah in america it is just beginning to grow and spread these two kings could not do anything to withstand baha'u'llah but god through him was capable of destroying both of them i too was in prison god removed the chains from my neck and placed them around the neck of abdul hamid it was done suddenly not a long time in a moment as it were the same hour that the young turks declared liberty the committee of union and progress set me free they lifted the chains from my neck and threw them around the neck of abdul hamid that which he did to me was inflicted upon him now the position is precisely reversed his days are spent in prison just as i passed the days in prison at akka with this difference that i was happy in imprisonment i was in the utmost elation because i was not a criminal they had imprisoned me in the path of god every time i thought of this that i was a prisoner in the pathway of god the utmost elation overcame me abdul hamid is now suffering punishment for his deeds because of the sins he committed he is now in prison this is retribution for his acts every hour he is mortified anew and his ignominy revived he is in the utmost sorrow and disappointment while i am in perfect happiness i was happy that praise be to god i was a prisoner in the cause of god that my life was not wasted that it was spent in the divine service nobody who saw me imagined that i was in prison they beheld me in the utmost joy complete thankfulness and health paying no attention to the prison end of section fifty two Recording by Nicholas James Bridgewater. Recorded in Oxford, England.